Can I rant for a sec? Please. Pay apps are way too public. What happened? Some rando hearted a payment from five months ago, and I realized people can see my entire history, who I'm paying, like full names. It's super weird. Yeah, it's weird. How are you paying your friends then? Apple Cash. It's all in messages. You can literally send cash like a text, and it stays between friends. Random people can't see it. Did you just pay me a dollar on Apple Cash? Services are provided by Green Dot Bank. Member FDIC. Terms apply. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Become a part of the fast-growing health and wellness industry with an education from Trinity School of Natural Health. Trinity graduates can empower their communities through natural health principles and techniques, whether they go into practice to guide others toward their wellness goals or open a store to sell their favorite health products. Trinity grads are equipped to change lives. With 19 online programs and flexibility to fit your busy schedule, including the popular Certified Natural Health Professional, you can get the training that helps you turn your passion into a career. And here's the best part. You can earn the certification in less than a year. From herbology to naturopathy and health coaching, Trinity allows you to make a meaningful difference by helping others live healthier, happier lives. Don't wait any longer to pursue your passion for natural health. Enroll today at trinityschool.org. That's trinityschool.org. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house. And I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Ridiculous Crime is a production of iHeartRadio. Yo, Elizabeth Dutton. What are you doing? How you been, girl? I'm good. Good. Do you know what's ridiculous? I do. Oh, you want to share it with me? Uh, Collective nouns. What do you mean? Well, you know, like uh, groups of things like murder of crows. Yeah, uh uh-huh. A parliament of owls. Zarin, have you ever done a deep dive on collective nouns? Oh, completely. Son? Oh, yeah. Have you looked at them? I used to uh, use those as a way to calm myself down in anxious moments. Okay, I don't want to know about that. Uh, Like, you know, there's like a colony of bats. Uh Um, You know what jugglers is? Um... A juggalo of jugglers? A never thing of ju- of jugglers. Oh, that's fun. Which, like, you know, you never see a group of jugglers. Well, I guess you do see a group of jugglers yeah. outside the loser convention. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I love Is there jugglers. a collective noun for silences? <laughs> uh, there's a rumba of rattlesnakes. Oh, that's cool. And... Uh, the uh, Kingdom of Rats, which is kind of like mm-hmm. a rat king. Mm-hmm. Yeah, king. which don't Google that, people. And my favorite, a death row of turkeys. Oh, that is good, right? Yeah. And I mean, a lot of these there are multiple collective nouns for sure. these groups, but a death row of turkeys. Yeah, that's that's up there. Yeah. Is there a writing desk of ravens? 
Sure. <laughs> Never more. <laughs> well, I've got uh, something ridiculous for you. If you got a it's second, it's probably way more ridiculous than that. Do I that? have all the time in the world. Oh, excellent! Because this one, it's a wild one. It'll take me a second to tell it to you. Okay. You ready? It's, yes. It's about a Texas town, <clears throat> and you know I like Texas towns. Mm -hmm. And this Texas town in particular gets taken over by 1,200 college-age military cadets who are eager to win a rivalry prank war that involves you now. Take notes. Yes. Two private detectives, multiple high-speed car chases, a night raid on an armory and a depot, a town's telephone lines being seized, casual gunfire, mass arrest, wrongful imprisonment, and a 200-pound owl. Oh, okay. This is Ridiculous Crime, a podcast about absurd and outrageous capers, heists, and cons. It's always 99% murder-free and 100% ridiculous. Elizabeth. Saren. Before we dive into the insanity of this story, I'd like to give you a little context. I love context. Yeah, right? I figure you do. Now, you also love Reddit, right? I do. Yeah, like I don't really check on don't Reddit as much anybody. as you do. Don't tell anybody. But I know you I'm like it. I'm a lurker. Yeah. I don't post. I just You just lurk. read. Yeah. Sorry, lurk, rather. Mm -hmm. Well, there was a post a couple days ago. You might have seen it. I don't know. This guy put forward a theory that the University of Alabama doesn't exist. I missed that one. Yeah, and so he said basically, well, I'll just quote it. He said, conspiracy theory, quote, Alabama is not an actual school. It is just a football team. And then he makes his case. And I continue to quote. Uh -huh. The title says it all. I don't think Alabama truly exists as a school. There are no classes. If you somehow break into one of the buildings on campus, you'll find dusty storage rooms with used jock straps and satanic altars to Bear Bryant's demon ghost. I have met so many damn mini Alabama fans. Roll Tide, they say. And if you ask them what year they graduated, they will usually hit you with, oh, and never been to college. Like, that's the most ridiculous thing they've ever heard. I live and work in the South. I've interacted with fans of every other SEC team, and most of them have actually attended the university they root for. I have never, not once, met an Alabama fan that went to Alabama. That's incredible. Right? I can get behind that, that kind of theory. <laughs> yes, no, he does, as you know, uh, he gets a response on Reddit. Of and so course. He had had to post an edit. And so I quote, um, there are some very humble gentlemen visiting me. Every word I've said is unjust. I now know. Maybe I've just been stressed lately and I wanted to be the center of attention. Hopefully my new friends can correct my ignorance on the beauty of an Alabama education. Nick Saban is handsome and intelligent and every man or woman's dream. I've shown my jealousy of their degree programs and anyone would be lucky to go to school in Tuscaloosa. May God have mercy on my soul and may elephants trample me if I ever transgress again. <laughs> He should have held fast on that one. I'm just glad he found the truth in the way of Alabama football. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> also, I'm, I'm legally required to say this because it'll be broadcast in Alabama. Roll Tide. Yes. So, you know, there you go, Bear. Now, <laughs> you lived in South Carolina. We've talked uh, about this. Yeah. And uh, they're an SEC-style, like, fanatics for football in that oh, area. They yeah. got Clemson. You got the University of South Carolina Gamecocks. Now... Does that hold true, like the Alabama fans, where you'd meet people who like they're like, "Oh, yeah, I love Clemson," and you're like, "Oh, what year did you graduate?" And they're like, yeah. "Oh, I ain't never been to school." Hundred percent, hundred percent. Yeah, I mean, when I moved down there, people would say, "Who do you root for, Clemson or USC?" And of course, coming from California, I'm like, "USC Trojans? Trojans? Are you kidding me?" <laughs> and uh, so then I, w I was educated on that that it's the Cox. Mm -hmm. 
Go and, Cox. Uh, so they, everyone said I had to choose. And mm-hmm. I was like, like, uh, you know, Kelly on 90210, I choose me. <laughs> so I wouldn't want to pick a side. But then I was, you know, I'd ask people, oh, you went to Clemson. Were you like, you know, an ag major of some sort? Mm-hmm. And no, they didn't go to Clemson. And same with the most, almost every USC fan. Really? Yeah, that most of them didn't go to those schools. They went to college. They uh-huh. just didn't. Went to smaller schools yeah. and then they wanted to support the big. But I'll tell you, the most maniacal fans uh-huh. are the Clemson fans who actually did go to Clemson. Why are they the most maniacal? Like, that's all they wear, the clothes. Like, they don't own any other clothes. <laughs> just all Clemson gear. <laughs> and they're super into it, which, you know, hey, respect. You love your you love your alma mater. Yeah, fire up that tiger rag. Yeah. But you know what? I choose me. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so glad for that. Now, you went to Davis for college, and they I have did. a football program. It's now an NCAA team. You Did you go to games? Did you care about uh, like once or twice, they had, uh, you know, I went to games. Did you? No, but was it like a thing? Like Because, you know, I grew up in Davis. It was uh-huh. my hometown. So we rooted for UCD. And I know that idea of being the townie rooting. Now, obviously, it wasn't like, oh, I was like 11. So it wasn't like, oh, did you right. go to school there? Nobody thought that. But we looked, we'd see the players walking around town. They were huge to us. It might as well be like an NFL star, an NBA star. We loved the team. But we noticed the College kids, you guys didn't give, you didn't know anything about the teams. You didn't know like the game was on Saturday. No, I kind of stumbled into it a couple times mm-hmm. and I was always distracted by the like associative activities, like mm-hmm. the t shirt cannon. The t shirt cannon? Oh, you mean like at the, they, game. At like, the game? At the game. I was thinking like in, on campus. You're Where like... the fullback just fires a t shirt <laughs> yes. cannon at the other players. No, and then here's, here's the thing. Yeah. I seem to recall that they, I, I think I made this up, and now I think it's real. Oh, this that sounds they, good. Someone put a burrito in the T-shirt cannon. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if it really happened. I think I was imagining it, that they would go, burrito madness, and, like, fire burritos that would explode when people didn't like, catch them. But, like, I guess, you know, if you ask me, I'd be like, yeah, totally, I saw that. Yeah. I don't think that actually happened. <laughs> you know, it's all a blur. <laughs> College is a blur. Burrito madness. <laughs> I love that. Well, that is uh, so. That's ridiculous. about the extent of my football knowledge. I'm not a football person. No, I know this. I definitely know this. Uh, <laughs> it's the community aspect of football that I find really fascinating, especially college football, because people will, you know, find themselves in a team and they will go to war for their team. Oh yeah, yeah. Which brings us to this story. Aye, aye, aye. So this story takes place in 1917, right? Now, that was the year that we would enter World War One. This is just before then. This is in January. We enter in April. This is in January. Is that the year football was invented? No. <laughs> we can just say yes okay, if that sure. helps you. Sure. This is the year football was invented, okay, Elizabeth. Okay, cool. And so when they're inventing the game of football... <laughs> It took place in Texas. They invented football in Texas. <laughs> interesting, at, interesting. at Texas A&M, the Agricultural and Mechanical School. Yes. Uh, they were playing Rice University. But in this instance, since it was January, which is after football season, they decided to play a football game on the basketball court. And they wore basketball uniforms, and then they'd use a basketball. How in the world? So they just and played, they used a basketball. Yeah, so they just played basketball. It was a basketball They just game. really threw the basketball. I'm just saying it's a basketball game. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I just didn't want you to get too jarred. Yeah. Because really I know con- you've just become a fan of football. Yeah. So. It was just invented. Yeah. It's a brand new sport. Yeah. You were there. Yeah. The basketball game that they played was Houston's Rice University versus College Station's Texas A&M, right? Big rivalry. Basketball was a huge sport at the time. And 
Although it was a really interesting game because when they won the game, the score was 21 to 13. So Rice beats Texas A&M and embarrasses them 21 That's to 13. That's like a football level exactly, score, not right? a basketball level. I'm glad you know that. Yeah, I figured that one out. <laughs> so this was also the Texas A&M's first victory over a Rice sports team in three years, right? They're just fired up about this. They go big. They're celebrating. They're doing everything they can. They're getting drunk. They're yelling. They're screaming. They drive around in their Model T cars in the campus, right? But it's not enough. They need something else, a symbolic expression of their victory, something they can hold on to, right? Something to unite them and give them this moment. So what do they do? They're like, oh, let's cast about and find something that we can always have this feeling, right? And they find exactly what they need. The Texas A&M basketball players, some fans, some students, and some non-student alumni, they all discover that Rice has left their mascot behind, and it's unprotected, right? And their mascot is an owl that is about the size of a man, about a six-foot-tall owl. It's not real. I was going to say. It's a statue. Wow, where did they find (laughs) it? It's got a wooden understructure. It has a canvas skin stretched over it. It weighs 200 pounds. It is a huge structure, Now, right? did, did a man climb up inside of it? No, it's just a statue that they, they carry around, they plopped out. They an plopped effigy. Down. It's more of, yes, an effigy. That's probably <laughs> the better way of putting it. So this effigy, this canvas creation of theirs, it's you know, filled with sawdust and excelsior, which is like stuffing material. Sounds That's, flammable. Right? Isn't that a great word, excelsior? It I always is. like that one. Stan Lee's favorite word. Yeah. It's also on the motto of the New York State. It just means like ever onward. Stuffing. Yeah. <laughs> it also means <laughs> stuffing. Yes. New York. <laughs> stuffing. So... This uh, this wool stuffing that's filled in this bird is what gives it its volume, its weight, its shape, and then obviously the wooden understructure, right? Uh So the thing weighs 200 pounds, and it's six foot tall. It's basically like picking up a man, right? Right. Like a big football player-sized guy. Now, these guys, they pick up this owl, and they run off with it, and they manage to, like— get away without any of the Rice students catching them, right? And then you have to keep in mind also that these Texas A&M students, they are corpsmen. They are cadets because Texas A&M at this time was a military institute that required the students to be cadets. And Oh, I didn't know that. Coming in in just a few months, these kids are all about to go off. They all will be released to go join World War One. And at this time, they're training for the war. So they're on war footing. They're like war crazed. They are already in a military mind. So they start to act like this is an operation. Well, they're ready to get their faces shot off. <laughs> so they go and they grab this owl and they, they you know, backle off with it into the dark. They load it into a car. They drive to the train station. They load the owl onto the train station. They hand it over to the Wells Fargo agents. They go, get this back to college station and don't tell anyone you have it. And the they're like, okay, are you going to pay for this? <laughs> right, that's all they care That's about. all they, yeah, exactly. <laughs> so they do, they put it on the train, they load it up, and they take the owl back to Texas A&M, right? The Rice students, they learn about this when they read it in the news. The Texas A&M, they put it in the news, it filters over to Houston, and then they're like, what? So <laughs> Wait, they, they got all the way home, uh-huh. and they didn't realize they forgot a 200-pound owl? No, no, this was a, the game was in, in Rice. So oh, the Texas okay. students go back. It was like the Even Texas so, A&M students go back, yeah. So the Rice students are just missing no their owl. No one's checking on it? They weren't, they weren't thinking. But Who's they, in charge of cleaning the owl after the games? That's a really good question. I, I will put him. that to our researcher and Thank get you. back to you on that. Thank you. <laughs> Who's the owl cleaner here? <laughs> so uh, Texas Texas A&M, right? They have the owl. They've managed to get it back. And the Rice students figure this out. So what are they going to do? They lie. They decide, you know what? We're going to say they didn't steal the owl. So they build a new owl and they put that on campus (laughs) and they insist that's the original owl. Like when a kid loses a stuffed animal and the parents go get an identical one. So they try that. And that all thing that has to do is 
pretty much suffice for all of the students and the local population. They could show the newspaper. You will see, we still have our owl, but they know the truth. So they're mm-hmm. like, we got to get our owl back. Yeah. So 17 students get together, a bunch of student athletes, members of the track team, football team, basketball team. They create the Owl Protective Association. <laughs> 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 so they decide, you know, two days after this owl is stolen, that they're going to get their owl back. And so then they hire a private detective. They, that's their first move. They're like, we like, need somebody a, to find out where the owl is. So slide they, one. Yeah. So get, get ourselves a private dick and we'll get him to go looking for it. So the private detective, they're like, they go and they meet this guy and he's like a grizzled 1917 private detective. Probably, you know, like, I don't know, beat up railroad strikers for the Pinkertons. Yeah, I don't know this guy, right? He's a hard dude, right? <laughs> so they pay him to travel to College Station and hunt around for the owl. He does. He's like, okay, I'll, I'll go out to College Station and I'll, I'll telegraph you guys when I find it, right? So the private dick takes the student's money, goes off to College Station. They don't hear from him. <laughs> like, maybe we made a mistake. <laughs> a little bit. So they then decide, okay, we need to go over to College Station to find out what's going on. So they have to sneak onto the campus. Remember, these are all cadets. So they go to the store, like the Army-Navy store, and they get some Army uniforms, right? So Wait, they, they didn't already have uniforms? No, the, these, uh, the, the Rice students are just college students. They're just like rich kids, oh, okay, college okay. students. Texas A&M is the okay, cadets. Okay. So the Rice students have to go get uniforms so they can sneak onto Texas a campus, right? So they managed to do this. Now, the, have, they have all their uniforms, and they're going to go. You have to understand, Texas A&M, as I told you, military institute. So they have real military officers who are armed as sentries on the campus. They've got bull sergeants, so as they call them, who run around, who tell the students what to do. So they're sneaking onto, essentially, a military yeah, base, yeah, like, like a, a demi a base in Texas. Yeah, right. So the Rice students, they got their work cut out for them. Uh-huh. So when they get to town, turns out their detective was on the case. He didn't just take their money and steal away into the night. That's <laughs> what I thought when I was reading this. Turns out he did, you know, find the guys uh, who like may have stolen it. But he's like, I couldn't find the owl. I, I hate to tell you guys. They're like, oh, man, that sucks. That's terrible news. It's a dark night. It's raining. They're like, well, we already came all the way to College Station, which is about like a 90-mile, 100-mile trip. Mm-hmm. So they're like, I guess while we're here, we can hunt around. So they hunt around on the Texas A&M campus, pretending to be student or cadets, rather. Yeah. And they have with them two transfer students who know the university. So they're like, okay, where's where are like the dormitories? Where's the where would they put this? Right? Turncoats they have. Exactly. They have these two turncoats. So the scouts they send out, they search all of the buildings, except for the dormitories, because there'll be too many people who may recognize them. But everything other than that, they're avoiding sentries, military guards, the whole bit. They can't find the owl. No, no luck, right? Huh. So the OPA, the their their scouts who go off, they return to Houston. Four more days pass. They're starting to sweat. People are starting to question the owl they have in the campus because yeah. it doesn't <laughs> quite look right. <laughs> so they're like, okay, well, uh, we're, it, this may be beyond us. We need to hire a new detective. So they're rich kids. They throw some money together and they hire a second detective. This dude's name, I swear to God, is Snowball. So, that's it? Just Snowball? That's the only thing he's referred to. <laughs> it was a cat. It's Snowball. Yeah, like he's a cat. Like Snowball the cat. Producer Dave, spot on with the, <laughs> with the acknowledgement of the Snowball is essentially like his code name, but it's the silliest damn code name he could yeah, come up with. Yeah. And he's in Texas, right? So Snowball shows up, I'm your hard-bitten detective. What do you guys need? Right? And they're like, it's like, I'll take the is case. Snowball like the nose tootins? No, no. Is that not why that, they call him that? No. I think he's just a sweetheart. So, <laughs> he's just a little powder puff. He promised, I'll find your 200-pound 
owl mascot or whatever <laughs> effigy you got, right? And so Snowball drives out to College Station and he starts snooping around and he poses as a Houston area newspaper reporter. He, he's like, I heard about the owl nab and I want to get the story. And the kids are like, oh, that's great. Yeah, because they want the story to go back to Houston and embarrass all the rice students right, in their town. Right, right, so they right. never question the story. He manages to get in and meet the actual Texas A&M bird nappers. They show <laughs> him the bird because he's like, I, I need pictures for the paper. They're like, okay, we'll take you this way. They take him up to the place where they're hiding the bird. He snaps his photos and he's like, okay, the bird's here. And he's like, thank you guys, pretends to be a reporter and leaves. And then he goes out to the telegram office, telegrams rice. And he's like, you know, they, they've got the bird. He sends a coded message to the birds. Nickname is Sammy. That's what the rice students call him. Uh -huh. So he sends his coded message. Sammy is fairly well and would like to see his parents at 11 o'clock. Oh, <laughs> the subterfuge. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So now the plot is completely in motion. And after this short break, I'll be right back to tell you the next installment in this insane tale. Nice. Can I rant for a sec? Please. Pay apps are way too public. What happened? Some rando hearted a payment from five months ago, and I realized people can see my entire history, who I'm paying, like full names. It's super weird. Yeah, it's weird. How are you paying your friends then? Apple Cash. It's all in messages. You can literally send cash like a text, and it stays between friends. Random people can't see it. Did you just pay me a dollar on Apple Cash? Shh. Services are provided by Green Dot Bank. Member FDIC. Terms apply. As you know, the world can be a dangerous and unpredictable place. With every crime I've studied, I've learned one thing. Your best line of defense is your vigilance and preparation. You don't want to worry. You just want peace of mind. That's why I recommend Simply Safe Home Security. For every ridiculous robbery and theft we talk about, it's pretty obvious the crimes could be avoided with a solid security system. A good home security system keeps people prepared and aware. Simply Safe is that system. It was named Best Home Security Systems 2024 by U.S. News and World Report. And it doesn't just protect your home from crime, it also alerts you to fire, floods, and other emergencies. They offer sensors and cameras backed by 24-7 professional monitoring for less than a dollar a day. There are no contracts, and there's a 60-day money-back guarantee. Get 20% off any new Simply Safe system when you sign up for Fast Protect Monitoring. Just visit simplysafe.com slash ridiculous crime. That's simplysafe.com slash ridiculous crime. There's no safe like Simply Safe. Become a part of the fast growing health and wellness industry with an education from Trinity School of Natural Health. Trinity graduates can empower their communities through natural health principles and techniques, whether they go into practice to guide others toward their wellness goals or open a store to sell their favorite health products. Trinity grads are equipped to change lives. With 19 online programs and flexibility to fit your busy schedule, including the popular Certified Natural Health Professional, you can get the training that helps you turn your passion into a career and here's the best part. You can earn the certification in less than a year. From herbology to naturopathy and health coaching, Trinity allows you to make a meaningful difference by helping others live healthier, happier lives. Don't wait any longer to pursue your passion for natural health. Enroll today at trinityschool.org. That's trinityschool.org. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. 
I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Okay, Elizabeth, you ready for more of the great owl theft? Yes, please. Okay, so the Rice students, right, they now know that the bird is still fine, it exists, and their detective, Snowball, has found it for them, so they need to get into action, right? The 17 members of their OPA are called out on a raiding party, and they're ready to roll. What's the OPA? The Owl Protective Association. Oh, right. Yeah. Sorry, I should keep you up with the acronym. <laughs> so they decide that Snowball's message, in a quote, was a signal that the owl had been located and that his capture was now a matter of daring. Mm. So daring is called for, and daring is what they're prepared with. A feat of daring do. Yeah, exactly. So the 17 members of the OPA, the Owl Protective Association, they rock up in two old Fords and a Hudson Super 6. They load up all 17 people in these three cars, right? Oh. Now, the second car, the second car I just mentioned, the Hudson Super 6, yeah. that was uh, introduced in 1916, much like professional football. <laughs> so it was called the Super 6 because it had an inline six-cylinder engine. It was the one of the fastest cars of its time. It was a high-performance engine. Like I said, the Rice students, rich kids often, yeah. right? Yeah. So they, they've got this car that has a distinctive 72 horsepower, which is blazing <laughs> for really, 1917. Really ripping it up. That's 40 more horsepower than you get from a similar size Hudson the year prior, right? So yeah. we're talking like real fast. Now, if you were wondering, top speed, 75 miles per hour. That's pretty fast. For our non-American listeners, 120 kilometers. Excellent. Now, fun fact, the Jode family, when they went west in the Grapes of Wrath, what they were driving in was a Hudson Super 6. Whoa. Yep. Okay. And now, uh, this is what it looks like. Okay. I'm just going to show you a picture will of that. Will you put that up on Instagram? Yes, I will. And cool. it's, the Hudson Super 6 is probably one of my favorite cars of this era. It just looks really cool, right? How many did it seat? Uh, it'd probably take like, you know, standard five, six people. And so we had 17 boys yeah. and three this cars. This is like in the era where people would try to see how many people they could fit in a telephone booth, you know? Uh -huh. Like they were really mm -hmm. into like well, squeezing. Or before that era. It's like, yeah, that's more the 20s. But I'm saying leading up to this, this is the college era of raccoon hats and big fur jackets. And right. like, let's see how many people we can get in this, this rumble seat. You know, they're yeah. wacky. So they're doing all of that. And there's your Texas kids, so they go big with it. They're right. like, let's put 17 in. <laughs> of course. So the other two cars, those are the two old Fords. And when I say old Fords, everybody back then, they just referred to the read the newspaper accounts they just said old fords because there was the only the model t they right. didn't have a bunch of fords there was like previous <laughs> model a but now we're to the model t the old tin lizzie right top speed 42 miles per hour Woo, blazing yeah and for the non-american listeners that's 68 kilometers per hour <laughs> so these are oh, by the way uh, this is what the tin lizzie looks like in case you'd like just a okay. quick recollection yep, yep. See it. so it's the classic car that you think of like the buggy if you will yeah so we have 17 it has the horn that goes oh exactly exactly so we have 17 young men loaded in these two open air cars with thin tires overloaded with a bunch of football players and they're <laughs> headed out into essentially dirt roads for a hundred miles to get to college uh, station texas they yeah. from houston to there i mean they, this is not as bad as west texas but it's basically central texas so they're going through like 
some mountainous, not quite mountainous region, but, you know, the Texas Hills country. Hills and Dales. Yeah, the hill country and then lots of wooded areas. And they are not going through easy, these are not like, you know, paved roads. Yeah. These are cars that are designed for driving on basically a wagon uh, road. Sure, yeah, yeah. And it's Texas, so they got plenty of wagon roads. So these uh, these 17 men at 1130 at night, they reach College Station, and that's when they meet up with their private dick, Snowball, right? And Snowball's got some bad news for the boys, right? Now, there was a contemporaneous account of all of this published in the Rice University student newspaper called The Thresher. Uh-huh. And The Thresher, in its Thursday, February the 15th, 1917 edition, if you want to look this up on newspapers.com, yes. they had a firsthand account written by members of the OPA. So we have their actual account, and I quote, the detective was of the opinion that it would be impossible to get the bird as it was on the third floor of the U.S. Armory, the strongest room at A&M. But he stated there was a sporting chance to win out. Huh. So he's like, look, they got it in the, like basically the fort on campus and yeah. on the third floor. So you have to fight your way in and they're military. So good luck good with luck. you little. <laughs> Godspeed. You, know, you guys are college athletes. So <laughs> give it a sporting chance, right? Four men decide, okay, we need to go see what the lay of the land is. And they go out on a scouting mission, right? Their names are, for the sake of this story, Fulweiler, Billups, Moore, and the leader, Jimmy Waters. Okay. These four will be the only ones whose names I'll be telling you because they will come up over and over again. They are essentially the leaders of this raiding yeah, party, yeah. right? So Fulweiler, Billups, Moore, and Waters, they hit the track running. They go and they sneak onto campus. And they are after their 200-pound owl mascot, right? So the four men, they elude sentries and these bull sergeants and all the campus cadets, and they enter the U.S. Armory on the ground floor. They make it into the building, right? So now they have to ascend three flights of stairs. They manage to do that without catching any of the watchmen who are circling through the building. Uh They're also, you know, students who are on guard because they know they have the stolen owl and they know it's in that building. So any weird sounds or anything will immediately alert suspicions. They decide, okay, we need to do this quietly. So they take out big knives and they try to carve their way through a heavy wooden armory door. What? So imagine like one of those mission-style California doors where like the boards are like nine inches thick. And it's solid wood. (laughs) It's not compositing. It's going to carve through. Are you kidding me? So this noise draws the attention of a watchman. (laughs) They're just slamming away into the woods. All these guys need to start going to class. Oh, just wait. (laughs) (laughs) So Jimmy Water, squad leader, he he decides, he hears the watchman coming up the stairs. He's like, we need a distraction. So he's like, I'm going to do something insane. So he runs (laughs) towards the third story window, climbs out, and then gets the watchman's attention before he does this, climbs out of the window, and he manages to walk down the side of the building for the third story. Wait, what? Like climbing, like with his hands and his feet. Like he Spidey? He like Spider-Man climbs down the side of the building. How? So the watchman's like, what the hell? So he, <laughs> so he runs down to the ground floor to be there when he gets done with his three like three story climb right Uh so the watchman is there when jimmy waters hits the ground but jimmy waters is a track star so he hits the ground starts running immediately right doesn't even like have any hesitation the watchman chases after him a perfect distraction yeah definitely so the the rest inside they're like okay we can get to it but they hear more watchmen they're like ah so now they're hiding in pools of darkness and shadow and they wait for 20 30 minutes they don't know what to do so we're like, ah. Now Jimmy's outside just running around for this whole time trying to <laughs> evade sentries and students and guards, and he's doing it for the most part. So another one of the, the three who are now inside, they decide, okay, I need to go out and see what's going on. Maybe I can help Jimmy and be, distract more people and you guys can get in. So he runs out there. And as soon as he gets out, there's this kid, Fulweiler. 
He's like trying to make his distraction. He runs right into Jimmy Waters and a bull sergeant who's grabbed him and is questioning him. He's out there. Jimmy Waters is nervous. He's telling his family name, his family's history. He's doing everything he can to be. It's okay. It's okay. So what does Fullweiler do? He just runs right up into him, knocks down the bull sergeant, Jimmy Waters, and he scamper off, right? So now the two of them start leading the bull sergeants on this mad chase. The two of them split up. So everybody's running around. Kids, cadets are starting to get involved, and now they know what's going on. Meanwhile, the other 14 members of the 17 yeah. group are watching. They're like, you know what? It's time to blitz the armory. We can't do this, like, you know, skullduggery stuff. So their new plan is charge, right? So they just run onto campus. And so now we have all 17 members of the OPA running around, some big-ass football players, gangly basketball players, track stars, and a bunch of cadets. And they're all chasing each other all around Mayhem. in the nighttime and the January air. Because remember, this is also wintertime, so it's cold. Yeah. So. Now, to protect their flanks, these other members of the OPA, they secure the entrances of the U.S. Armory so that the guys upstairs, because everybody knows where they are, they're, they're still trying to get inside. So they block the doors on the ground floor so that way all these bull sergeants and students can't get in. And then a couple of big college football players rush up to go help the guys knock down the door. So they're armed with crowbars and uh, fire extinguishers that they've pulled off of the walls. Oh, God. So they run up and they decide, okay, we're all big guys. We'll just knock down this door. So they they try using their shoulders first. One guy runs and he gets bounced off, lands on the tile floor. Another guy does it. Like, it's not. This isn't working. So then they decide, we'll go in tandem. So two guys hold hands, two big football players hold hands, Cute. and they run at the door and that doesn't work. And then two more do it. Boom. Oh, it cracks open. The door knocks down. So... Turns out they didn't need all the crowbars and fire extinguishers. They just needed a couple of big football players yeah. to throw themselves, right? So when the door springs open, what did they find? I have no idea. The owl is sitting there. With, in bed with the general? No, but good guess. <laughs> in bed with the general. <laughs> I don't know. It just general burst in. Smoking and... a cigar, looking yeah. at the owl like, that was nice. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so the owl I don't know I don't know what these people guess. do behind closed it was, doors it was 1917 you know nobody was, knows you know, right was, yeah exactly according to the contemporaneous accounts in the thresher the uh, quote the owl was concealed under some canvas at the rear of the armory the six men seized the old bird soused him in gasoline and rushed down three flights of stairs to the ground floor where the night watchman was encountered wait the gasoline oh yeah you're like wait gasoline why did uh -huh. I hear gasoline in there right <laughs> good ears <laughs> thank you so they, they they were confronted by this night watchman, right? And so they tell him, oh, you know, we're students from Texas A&M. We're trying to protect it. They got these, you know, troublemakers running around on campus. We're going to go hide the bird. And the night watchman's like, where are you taking him? He's like, right over there. And then they just run in the other direction. Night watchman's like, wait, what are you doing? They run it over <laughs> to a car. They throw it in the Hudson Super 6, and that car takes off. This bull sergeant night watchman, he gets pissed. He pulls out his 44 and starts <gasps> firing <laughs> Oh, yes. what? Is so it? now the two, so the <laughs> students have to run. They hop in the tin Lizzie's. They hop in the sets in Super 6, and they're tearing around. But they're not done. They don't want to just get away. They decide, let's, you know, let's uh, carve some donuts in the grass. So they start doing circles <laughs> and doing donuts, and they're getting fired at, mind you. So the OBA is pretty stoked. They got back their owl, right? So, and meanwhile... There's a couple others who have not quite made it to the car. They decide to grab some paint that they found, and they paint the score of the last football game that they won, 20 to <laughs> 0 on the side of a building this in giant insane. numbers, this right? This is so crazy. This, I mean, more warning shots are firing out. Bugles are being blown. <laughs> students are yelling. And at this point, the OPA is like, look, we're pressing our luck. So they decide to 
floor it and tear ass out of there, and they managed to escape the campus, right? Now they've got to drive from College Station back to Houston. It's about a 100-mile trip, as I told you. It should, it should take about an hour and a half, two hours. But if you're going 42 miles an hour, yeah, it'll take more like yeah. you know, solid two hours. Right. This is if they can make it there. Because remember, now they got hundreds of college cadets who are about to give chase. Yeah. Elizabeth, I'd like you to close your eyes and picture yes. it. My eyes are closed. Okay. It's the dark of night. It's January in Texas. The air is cold. The wind is howling as it blows. And there you are with the OPA riding shotgun in the old Ford Tin Lizzie. Ahead of you is another Tin Lizzie, and, and ahead of that is the year old Hudson Super 6. The roads are bad, and you're getting jumped and bumped around in your seat as you guys are rocking and rolling down this dirt road. The car loaded down with other students, members of the OPA. You're all racing back to Houston. You're all fired up. You're excited. You're yelling. But you have this tiny fear inside of you because you're like, this doesn't seem like we've gotten away with it. I don't know why, right? Mm-hmm. That's That would be me. Your fears are confirmed when the first Ford in the caravan, its headlights go out. Oh. Hits a bump, light goes out. You're like, that's, that's no good. So now you guys are in the middle of Texas, nowhere. You got no electric lights. There's no, it's just endless darkness, right? So yeah, you need yeah. these headlights. So you're like, Let's forget that car. Well, no, we need it. So there's too many of us. Okay, you bid in back and we'll keep going. So now they put the car with no headlights in the in the back and yeah. they keep running, right? So now you're in the lead car of the caravan and uh, you're bouncing around, rolling along still. Another mile passes. Now your lights are out. You guys hit a bump. Your lights get what cut out. What is going on with these? Fords. What can I tell you, Stop Elizabeth? Stop it. <laughs> you close your mouth. <laughs> so now that the lights are cut out, both Fords are running blind, right? So the Hudson Super 6 takes over as the maybe lead the car. Fords, maybe the Fords were doing it just because they knew they had to be secret. Mm, well, they it was purposeful, these sentient Fords. <laughs> they're doing really well in the back of the line. So let's just take uh-huh. it from there. So the Hudson Super 6 is leading this caravan. <laughs> The Fords are trying to keep up, doing their 42 miles an hour in the dark. Now, before you can curse, or I could curse Henry Ford's good name, <laughs> another big rut in the road, and it tosses the, the Ford in front of you, it hits their brakes after they land, and you slam, your Ford slams into them. Boom! You basically destroy the front end of your car. Now your Ford doesn't even operate. So Aww. now you have one less car, so everyone's like, oh, well, this is, this is no good. As the car's shuddering to a stop, you're like, everybody get in the other cars. So now they, How? Those, they they got running boards. They got laps. Just clinging so to the roof. So people are just like laying on other people. People are clinging to on the running people boards. People in the back can't feel their legs. <laughs> no, not exactly. Not at all. But now you and the one operable Ford and the Hudson Super 6, you're tearing away all 17 of you in there and you. <laughs> and your night raid is really not going too well so far. No. But well, you, I mean, we got the owl. So far, yeah. It looks like, you know, you, you're overcoming most obstacles. Yeah. Except for you notice there's a new obstacle emerging from the darkness. It's this bright light. And then you ha- you hear the train whistle <gasps> and you're like, oh, no. Because the whole plan was to get to College Station and there, well, you guys would do your raid after the last train had left. So that way they couldn't, the cadets couldn't take a train and just uh-huh. get back to Houston. But you decided to rush it. Remember, you go, ah, charge. Oh, well, that yeah. messed up your timing. And now the train is rushing along. And you look over and you spy, oh, hundreds of students, cadets, what? hanging out of every window of the Limited that's running to Houston. What? <laughs> They're screaming and shouting because they can see you guys and you can see them. You're not that far away. You on the dirt road, them on the tracks, and they are clipping along. It looks like they're going to get back to Houston before y'all. Oh, no. So what do you do, Elizabeth? Like, what's the move? You're still in shotgun. What's your call? I would I would stop and wait till morning 
Let them go and like, you know, cool their jets in Houston and wait and wait and wait. Mm-hmm. And then meanwhile, wait, I've, you wait. know, <laughs> I've like killed a coyote Austin. and roasting it up. And yeah, and then I go to Austin. I just go on a little tour. But when it's light out, then you don't need your uh, headlights. Yeah, good point. Well, they they listen to most of your plan, except for they go, you know what? We should go one further than that, Elizabeth. Stopping isn't enough. Uh, so, you know, let's just go with the Thresher's account because I want you to hear it in their words. Uh-huh. Quote, it was impossible to make any speed on the road, so the party turned around and started back towards College Station. (laughs) They turned up the first lane they found, and a wild ride of five miles through the woods ensued. They decide... Let's head back towards College Station. And they start to be like, that's not a good idea. Make a right. So then they start heading north. So now they're <laughs> heading north in Texas into the darkened woods. And they rabbit off into the woods trying to make a run for it. Do you think they're going to get away with it? No. After a quick break, <laughs> I'll be back with the end of this insane tale. I love it. Become a part of the fast-growing health and wellness industry with an education from Trinity School of Natural Health. Trinity graduates can empower their communities through natural health principles and techniques, whether they go into practice to guide others toward their wellness goals or open a store to sell their favorite health products. Trinity grads are equipped to change lives. With 19 online programs and flexibility to fit your busy schedule, including the popular Certified Natural Health Professional, you can get the training that helps you turn your passion into a career. And here's the best part. You can earn the certification in less than a year. From herbology to naturopathy and health coaching, Trinity allows you to make a meaningful difference by helping others live healthier, happier lives. Don't wait any longer to pursue your passion for natural health. Enroll today at trinityschool.org. That's trinityschool.org. From BBC Radio 4. Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. Okay, Elizabeth, so where were we? Uh, Car chase, poor decisions on the part of the... 
the Owl OPA, people. the Owl Protective Association. Yeah. Yes. So we're headed in, into North Texas, North, <laughs> North Dallas 40, we'll call okay. it. Okay. The OPA is on the run from hundreds of Texas A&M military cadets. You got 100 miles to get back to Houston and however many miles to get back to College Station. One of your tin Lizzie's is not working. The other one is limping after the Hudson Super 6. No lights, right? Hit it. <laughs> of course, things aren't going well. And you now then break down again one mile down the country road that you guys have just gone. And I return to the Thresher's coverage. The remaining Ford soon gave up on the struggle and was left with five men to guard it and to draw pursuit away from the big car containing the owl. So the raiding party you now is all in the Hudson Super 6. Whatever, However oh, many people they can load oh, in that car. They left five. Mm-hmm. To so, there's wa- so there's 12 people yeah. in this car. And yeah, there's 12 people loaded up in this Hudson Super 6 and a 200-pound owl. Yeah. So that's six feet tall. So <laughs> after Oh, yeah, that's right. After four, <laughs> so there are 13 in this car. Yeah. So after four more miles, the Super 6 runs out of gas. Because they've well, not they've been driving all night. No, worse than that, they've knocked a hole in the gas oh, tank, brother. going over all these rocks and ruts and roads. Right, so now the OPA is like, okay, we got no cars. <laughs> <laughs> We're in the middle of Texas, and we have a six foot tall, two hundred pound owl. We've got to carry 80, 90 miles. And isn't the owl covered in gasoline? Yes, it's covered in gasoline. What so is hours have passed now. The night is beginning to give way to dawn. So the purple uh-huh. hour is approaching. And Snowball, the private detective, he's with them. He's with the raiding party. Oh, so there are now 14, actually, in Yeah, this. because he, he decided it was, quote, a sporting proposition to go along with the guys to see if he could rescue the owl. Oh, uh, so, he's trying to regain his youth. Yeah, he goes off, and they break up into two parties. One of the parties will go into the closest town and see if they can get gas as soon as, like, the sun comes up and then come back to the two cars that they are going to park and hide in some woods. That's their plan. So it's they, like shirts and skins. Yeah. And we'll and so send the shirts, shirts to town. town. <laughs> skins will hang out with the owl and then hide in the woods, uh-huh. right? That's the plan. And hopefully they can get maybe a friendly mechanic to come uh, and either come back with them and fix the cars or they can load the cars up with gasoline, drive to town and get the cars fixed there, right? Yeah, That's yeah. the plan. Meanwhile, back at the ranch, <laughs> the Texas A&M cadets, right? What are they doing in all of this? Remember, yeah, well, they, they were racing on the train. That was only some of them. There's... 1,200 students who will be involved in this chase. Wait, so how many were on the train? uh, A a couple hundred, yeah. Yeah, so they're all just—they're now just sitting. They're on their on way their to hands Houston. Yeah. And they're Houston. waiting in Houston, just being troublemakers. And then you got like a thousand of them coming up. Yes, that's Golly. about right. They need to—they need to go back to class. <laughs> we have an account from the Thresher that can give you some exact numbers. I want to give the Thresher a hand. Hey, but uh, <laughs> not as a farm accident. <laughs> That's Every blood. time you say thresher, all I think is like you got Threshing your hands accident. done to the throat. <laughs> you immediately go there. Yeah, of I like course. that about you. <laughs> so uh, I quote from the hand-taking thresher. <laughs> yes. The AMM cadets had been busy organizing their pursuit. Everything that had four wheels had been requisitioned and pressed into service. 800 cr- cadets were brought up to the firing line in automobiles, motorcycles, wagons, buggies, <laughs> and of course the train. This is like Mad Max. Yes. So it doesn't take long for these 800 cadets going off in every direction to find the the raiding party that's out in the woods just down on a road, right? Now, hold on. When they find this little raid, the raiding party, Mm -hmm. what are they going to do to them? Just tear them limb from limb? (laughs) (laughs) Just wait. Oh, no. Wait, this is a... This is is this isn't a one percent murder? No, there's okay. no no murder in this one. 
<laughs> but there's some it's the untold some peculiarities story. coming up. So oh, you ready? God. Yeah. Well, I, I return to the thresher. Uh-huh. <laughs> a detachment of cadets raided Milliken and found all of Rice's means of locomotion in the garage. So the guys who had gone off to the town of Milliken with, with their car, uh-huh. they get discovered. And I continue the quote. They immediately took charge of the cars. Nine Rice men who had been left to delay pursuit as long as possible were captured with the cars. One of the people captured, Snowball, the private detective. (laughs) Snowball, the kitty detective. (laughs) (laughs) So the other half of the raiding party, they get a messenger back from Milliken. He runs out of town and makes it back to where they are hiding the cars in the woods and tells them, you guys need to run for it. They're on to us. We don't have a car. (laughs) So they're like, okay, so what do they do? They decide we're going to just run for it. So they decide to take this 200-pound owl and run back to Houston. So they start running across (laughs) the tall grass to save themselves. So, no. And I quote. This didn't happen. You're run, making all this up. <laughs> running with a 200-pound owl was a larger contract than the exhausted men <laughs> could fill. And all hopes of taking the bird wholesale were abandoned. Oh the A&M searchers were hot on the trail, so the eight men hid themselves in a thicket and skinned the cover off the owl and the hide given to four men with instructions to take it to Houston. It's a ton-ton. The stuffing was then set on fire as it had been discovered that the party was completely surrounded by cadets. So they burned the owl. Oh, my God. <laughs> now, the thing is, is the gasoline makes it so there's not much smoke. So they 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 almost get away with it, but this, one of the cadets notices the flame, and then they go rushing over to where they're hiding in the thickets. So now four of the guys, the uh, the leaders of the OPA, so this is Fullweiler, Drummond, uh, and my boy uh, sorry, Moore and Jimmy Waters. Yeah, yeah. They take the owl skin, and they make a break for it. The, the others try to distract. <laughs> so Sam and the owl is handed over to the four fastest. They're all members of the track team. That's they're like, disgusting. Run, run, run for it. So they and the other ones, the other four, they lead the Aggie search party that's surrounding them in the wrong direction, right? And they're like, yeah, making a lot of noise. Run for it, guys, trying to get their attention. Yeah. Jimmy Waters is leader of what we now call the Elusive Four. The Elusive Four are going to be officially a dude named Dane, a dude named Payne, a dude named Waters, and Drummond. So <laughs> this we got is like a weird Dane. old old time nursery rhyme. Totally, Payne, Payne and, Dane, and Dane, Waters and Drummond skinned the owl, and <laughs> off they went together. <laughs> so, and I quote: They entered some thick woods and had over fifty men on their coattails in no time at all. The four men had been well chosen, however, and the pursuers were soon distanced. Remember, track stars. So the squad runs two miles with the, with the owl skin hidden on them, and they get to a major road, right? So they start waiting for a car to pass, hoping somebody will be there. It's now morning time, right? And I quote, it's now 10 a.m. Wednesday, and the party had been without food and water since noon on Tuesday. A well was found, soon found in a small clearing, and the four men quenched their thirst. So now they're sitting there, like, finally getting some nourishment to keep their bodies going. So they don't die of exposure in this stupid prank. (laughs) Exactly. So a bunch of cadets spot them, and they come running across a cotton field after them. They're like, oh, they're coming for us, right? They start running, and the original 50 cadets who were just seeing them at the thicket of woods, they come from the other direction. So they now run another two miles under full chase, right? The oh track stars God. are so exhausted at this point, Jimmy Waters can't run over a, a one-foot fence. He trips over a one-foot fence. Dane gets tangled up in grapevines over and over again. <laughs> then there's this dude, Payne. He tries to jump a four-foot creek, and he lands in the middle. He goes two feet. Oh, These are all track stars. They're, they're so tired. exhausted. Their bodies are like pulling a full Zola butt. They're pretty much going to just collapse. <laughs> right? So at this point, right, we're getting into the afternoon hours, right? And I quote, the pursuers were finally ditched and the refuge was taken in a thick bunch of overgrowth where the parties slept until 3.30 p.m., keeping one hour watches each. So now they've gone full military and they're doing one hour watches (laughs) trying to get away from these cadets. 
So at 3.30, they're awoken by the sound of a group of cadets who have discovered their hiding place, right? So the four track stars are like, ah, we're going to have to split up, guys. We need someone to run distraction. So now they take the owl skin, they tear it in half, they wrap it around their bodies. What two is of the them, point? They've got to get this owl home. So the other two run off in the other direction, making a lot of noise. Well, the two guys who have the owl wrapped around their bodies run off, and they're doing it like, you know, I don't even know. They did... They have, like, this vim and vigor and the, the zeal of, like, the French resistance. Like, they are willing to do whatever to beat these military, right? So the four crawl on their bellies through the tall grass to escape. They make it out of the thicket in two different directions, right? And now the uh, elusive four reunite, uh, and they get to another road, and they find that the road is blocked because, not because of, of cadets for once, this time it's just because there's basically river water, storm water rushing past. Mm-hmm. The, the little bridge is blocked, right? So they're like, okay, what are we going to do? That's when they hear a car approach. They're like, oh, no, right? There's nowhere for them to hide. There's nowhere to go. They can't cross the river. They're up against the wall. And I quote, a car was heard crashing through the brush, and it was coming directly towards them. So the men had to interrupt their planning and hit out for cover. Two with the owl skin remained in hiding while the two went forward to investigate. The car was occupied by hunters. And the first question was to ask the best way to get across the river. Who got the owl? Was the reply. (laughs) What owl? You know, tell us. We can help you out. So this is a a group of Texas duck hunters, men, full-grown-ass men. They come across these kids, and they're like, we heard all about this. This is, you know, it's a good thing it wasn't like a good man is hard to find scenario. No, yeah, no, definitely not. (laughs) They had, these hunters had been stopped on their way to go duck hunting, and their vehicle had been searched. So they were well aware. By the cadets. By the cadets. They're doing like a full lockdown now, right? Calm down. It's not even their, oh. So these hunters are tickled pink by these 1,200 cadets trying to find the the elusive force. Yeah. Like, yeah, we'll help you guys out. This is great, right? So the hunter's like, but just a second, we're going to keep shooting some ducks. So <laughs> they make them wait for three more hours what? While, they, while they get their fill of ducks, right? Once the duck hunters are done, they're like, okay, boys, it's 7 p.m. Let's go back to town. So they, <laughs> they tell them, they're like, okay, we, we can take a couple of you. A couple of you should probably stay here because, you know, they're going to stop us again. So one of the duck hunters, he changes clothes with a dude named Dane, and then he hides in the, the back with the dude named Drummond. They hide in, like, a toolbox in the back of the truck, right? So the so hunter and Drummond. Hunter, one okay. of the hunters and Drummond are in the back, and then Dane is up front with the other hunter, and they take off in the truck, right? The truck does get stopped by cadets at the first bridge that they reach, right? Uh-huh. It gets closely examined. They manage to pass the inspection. But then right before they're about to leave, one of the cadets is like, oh, I'm going to go right back into town with you like slaps the back of the truck. He climbs in back and he sits on the toolbox. No, yes. no, I would not stop for these guys. If they were like, halt, no, they, I'd look at them and be like, They're eh, armed. I don't care. No, they're military. They're, military they're not cadets. real military. Yes, they're, these are armed cadets not, in uniform. Not in my book. <laughs> Time they're all Elizabeth's pimple-faced. Like, I'd be like, now try again and just keep driving. He gets on the car, I slam on the brakes and he slides down on the hood and then I run him over. In like five months 1%. time, these are all going to be kids on the front. Well, they're like full on soldiers. Like then they're yeah. acting like it. I'm just telling you, pimple faced or not, they, they got <laughs> guns and they're like, look, this truck ain't going anywhere. So Payne and Jimmy Waters, right? They're with the guy who's got the car, right? And he gets them back to town. They get out before they get to town. He's like, you know, you guys can walk the rest of the way in. Yeah. And they made that choice. And it was a good choice to make because the driver, when he gets to town, he gets stopped and he gets arrested and taken in under custody. Arrested by the cadets? Yes. There are 300 cadets in this tiny Texas town, and they have taken over. And I quote... They took over the town? And I quote from the thresher. You ready? 
<clears throat> the cadets had complete control of all telephone and telegraph lines, had all roads blocked, and were searching all trains that passed. So all means of communication and transportation were under vigilance. So they like declared martial law yes, in this area. To get this owl back. Is there any like is there any authority figure over these guys? The military. Well, no, I mean they're just a bunch of cadets. Like who's it's their Texas. who's their boss it's, guy? It's who's Texas. gonna be like boy? Texas college sports. I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> I, this is the authority. <laughs> this is so crazy. So the, these grown-ass men, the duck hunters, they're willing to join the resistance with the elusive four. <laughs> yes. So the, the, they then call in another friend once they get back to town who is a doctor. And they're like, okay. Now the phone lines, are, meanwhile, are all being tapped and monitored, so they have to use a code language. Oh, my God. So they tell the doctor that they they need some capsules, and they've got some other capsules, and could you bring them to the house? And he's like, yeah, I'll come by. So but so the doctor knows this code, like they pre-establish it, or is he like, oh, I guess he needs capsules he he's uh he's friendly with the hunters this may not be the first time they've had to like you know uh, do stuff like this so uh -huh, he very quickly catches up with them right yes now we have pain and waters they uh go out and they climb into this car because they're going to be they were they'd waited outside of town so the guy gets out and uh drives out of town the doctor picks them up and the car was run at high speed and all challenges ignored is how they put it right and at one point the doctor's car with waters and pain in it it approaches a blocked bridge, right? And the cadets are lining the road. And the doctor's like, what do you guys want me to do? The road's blocked. And he's like, they're like, is there any way out? He's like, I think I see a way. So this is a checkpoint, like a war film. Yeah. Also, meanwhile, there are 13 of their comrades who've been captured and they're being held at this bridge by the cadets. So there's hundreds of cadets and their own comrades, if you will, are, are standing <laughs> there. Is... Then the doctor starts revving his engine. He's like, boys, hang on. So he then floors it in his like whatever 1916 car yeah. he drives down the ditch punches it he gets up to about 50 miles an hour and then rides up the other side of the ditch and jumps like the general lee from dukes of hazard <laughs> they break free from gravity for a little bit <laughs> you are making this no, up this I swear, is not this is all real this is a burrito cannon this didn't really happen <laughs> The captured members of the OPA, they go nuts. They're cheering as this car is in the air, right? <laughs> the car eventually lands with a huge crash back on Earth and then roars away at full speed. You know, old cars. Oh, what can you do? Oh, my goodness. The cadets immediately give chase. They run and get in their cars, and they tear after the doctor's car. And the doctor, he's a hellacious driver. This ain't his first rodeo, so he's tearing through Texas. Yeah. He's enjoying the chase, right? He manages to get pain and waters over to the other house. They reunite with Dane and Drummond, who are still in hiding at this time. Now all of them are together, and the five of them make a break for it and race back to Houston. So the doctor's like, let's go. <laughs> they run back to Houston. <laughs> this is now the moment before dawn on another day. Day. Right, right. Once again, we've reached the purple hour, and these four men make it back to the Rice campus at 7.30 a.m. on Thursday morning, and they still had the skin of their six-foot-tall, 200-pound well, yeah, like, owl. Three pieces yeah. of it, yeah. Now, Elizabeth, you may be wondering at the conclusion <sighs> of all this. I'm wondering a lot right now. What happened to the 13 dudes who were captured who were cheering at the side of the bridge? Oh, 1%. Great question. 1%. <laughs> no, but they were taken prisoner and they were held at Texas A&M in the military prison or the brig or whatever it was, uh -huh. right? And the president of Rice University had to negotiate with the president of Texas A&M to get the safe return of the 13 captured members of the OPA night raid. So he negotiates with terrorists, yeah, apparently. <laughs> apparently. See, I've heard the Texans don't do that. I get right. Now, you may also be wondering, and I know you were, uh -huh. what happened to Snowball? I guess I am wondering that now. <laughs> it's the best part. Oh, God. And I quote from the Thresher. Snowball gets... 
paraded around campus, given a regulation army haircut, turned over to the freshmen for a few days. He was eventually taken to the station late at night, minus his clothes, and told to catch the train. He was said he wasted no time getting aboard. Wait. What does it mean turned over to the freshman for a few days? And he comes out and <laughs> Yes. They, <laughs> I think you can just let your imagination Aww. wander on that one. That's so, yeah, so... The, the freshman turn him out, and then he... God. <laughs> he gets, so he gets taken to the, to the train station. Is that, did he, afterwards, did he change his name to Snowball because he didn't want anyone to know who he was? Could you imagine being a private detective and having to go home well, okay. and say, how was your weekend? Okay, could you imagine being a private detective, A, named Snowball, <laughs> B, who gets hired to find, like, a, a mascot? Mm-hmm. And gets into this absolute turns into one of the boys that you're making up (laughs) in 2020, 2020, 2020. (laughs) Why? Why, Snowball? Texas College Texas Sports. College. <laughs> That's my answer. Oh my gosh. Yeah. I want to hear from the descendants of Snowball. <laughs> we should see if we can find them. If you are a descendant of Snowball, <laughs> reach out. We want to hear the real story. We would like to know how what, what became of Snowball Let's honor, after this. We want to honor his memory. So Elizabeth, what's your ridiculous Golly. takeaway? Uh, my ridiculous takeaway is I'm having a lot of heart, heart trouble processing this right now. <laughs> it's pretty much broken your brain it's, from I what I can speak. tell. I can't speak. I don't know the year. Try, try this. Just say these two words. Uh-huh. Roll Tide. That may pull it back. Okay, deep breath. Roll Tide. That help? Yeah, it did. Okay, yeah, so Oddly enough, it yeah. totally helped. Yeah. Yeah, Bear Bryant would be so happy. Yeah. Hook 'em Horns. Totally. That's another one. See if that one works for you. That's Texas. Hook 'em Horns. Everything yeah? feels so good. T- that's SEC football, baby. Right there. there that's SEC football. There it is. <laughs> Everything feels so good, <laughs> except for the losing. <laughs> well, my ridiculous takeaway, thank you for asking, no. is I grew up in the South and I still can't believe this happened. Like, <laughs> this is one of my favorite stories of Southern sports ever. It's incredible. Yeah. So, you know what it is? Ridiculous. Get ridiculous. <laughs> it's so ridiculous. But thank you for joining us. I'm Zaren Burnett. That over there is... An owl. An owl named Miss Elizabeth Dutton. <laughs> you can find us online at Ridiculous Crime on both Twitter and the gram. Twitter is the for the one for the discourse. That's where we post stuff that's about the cases. And Instagram's where we put up the photos for each episode. They will reveal to you what these people look like, what the cars look like, and so forth. The stories are posted for giggles. Also, you can get sneak peeks for upcoming episodes. Email us if you want at ridiculouscrime at gmail.com. Thanks for listening. Thank you. Ridiculous Crime is hosted by Elizabeth Dutton and Zaren Burnett. Produced and edited by Dave. It rhymes with Houston, Couston. Research is by the president of the Rice Historical Prank Society, Marissa Brown. Our theme song is by Thomas Payne and Dane Lee and Travis Super Six Dutton. Executive producers are Ben, we're the leaders of the owl resistance, Bolin, and Noel, hey, don't tell anyone, Brown. Ridiculous Crime. Say it one more time. Ridiculous Crime. Ridiculous Crime is a production of iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app. Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. Become a part of the fast-growing health and wellness industry with an education from Trinity School of Natural Health. Trinity graduates can empower their communities through natural health principles and techniques, whether they go into practice to guide others toward their wellness goals or open a store to sell their favorite health products. Trinity grads are equipped to change lives. 
With 19 online programs and flexibility to fit your busy schedule, including the popular Certified Natural Health Professional, you can get the training that helps you turn your passion into a career. And here's the best part. You can earn the certification in less than a year. From herbology to naturopathy and health coaching, Trinity allows you to make a meaningful difference by helping others live healthier, happier lives. Don't wait any longer to pursue your passion for natural health. Enroll today at trinityschool.org. That's trinityschool.org. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, Revoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine tingling shows on A. E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity Voice Remote.